In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for Septuagesima is from the book of the Exodus, the 17th chapter. Then all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of Sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the place Massah, and Meribah, because of the contention of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you, For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. For the needy shall not always be forgotten, and the hope of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. The epistle is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the ninth chapter. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. 
Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, Call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the eleventh hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more, and they likewise received each a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil, because I am good? So the last will be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, 
being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Seek where you may to find a way that leads to your salvation. My heart is stilled, on Christ I build, He is the one foundation. His word is sure, His works endure, he overthrows all evil foes. Through him I more than conquer. Seek whom you may to be your stay. None can redeem his brother. All helpers failed, this man prevailed the God-man and none other. Our servant King, of whom we sing, we're justified because he died, the guilty being guiltless. Seek him alone who did atone, who did your souls deliver? Or seek him first, all you who thirst, for grace that fails you never. In every need, seek him indeed. To every heart, he will impart his blessings without measure. My heart's delight, my crown most bright, O Christ, my joy forever. Not wealth nor pride, nor fortune's tide, our bonds of love shall sever. You are my Lord, your precious word shall guide my way and help me stay 
forever in your presence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Again he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You also go into the vineyard, and whatever is right you will receive. This is the word of the Lord. Properly speaking, it is not the kingdom of heaven Jesus refers to with the parable of the vineyard, even though that is what the translation reads. It is instead the kingdom of the heavens. The kingdom of heaven is a singular and specific kingdom that is, in fact, the death of Jesus. To speak of the kingdom of heaven is to speak of the crucifixion. And to pray, thy kingdom come, is to pray that the death of Jesus that undoes the sin of man might be delivered daily to man. Man lives in this kingdom through baptism, as St. Paul writes. As many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. The death of Jesus is the kingdom of life. Yet this singular kingdom is also the key to open or the door through which you enter into the kingdom of the heavens, the eternal paradise of life that is the new creation, the eighth day, the wedding feast of the Lamb in his kingdom which has no end. It is that everlasting kingdom to which Jesus likens a vineyard filled with workers from day's beginning to day's end. It is little wonder that the picture of the new Eden, paradise, is a vineyard. Like the former Eden, it is a place of life and growth and fruit-bearing, but it is better. Wine is the spirit of the spirit. God gives wine to man as that heavenly nectar that uplifts and overjoys that makes glad the heart of man. Jesus gives wine to the well drunk in Cana. Jesus gives his blood by wine, not an accidental choice of beverage. 
Now Jesus compares paradise with a vineyard in which grapes are grown to make heavenly wine, of which the children of heaven will drink deeply and be glad forever. The wine pouring forth from the Lamb, who, though eternally slain, is also eternally risen. What Jesus would have you notice about this heavenly vineyard is that it is filled with workers. For some, this may seem strange. If you pictured heaven as a life of leisure, let this be the pin that pops your bubble. Leisure is a trait of hell, not of heaven. Heaven is a place of rest, yes, but not leisure. Gary Larson or the Simpsons might try to convince you that harps and croquet are all you have to look forward to, as if heaven were nothing but a divine vacation resort. Rest is divine, rejuvenating like the pool of Siloam, refreshing like the waters of Meribah, joyful like Cana. But there is work. God's work. Recall that in the book of Genesis, Moses writes, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. In other words, God made man and put him in the garden of Eden to work. Of course, this work is not as you imagine. Your mind is of this world, so the words work and toil, or even perhaps labor, are all synonymous to you, but they are not to God. Toil and labor are what work becomes after the fall of man. Now, though you must still work, it becomes a burden. And sloth is then the shirking of the responsibilities to work, attempting to get out from under the yoke, giving up completely, trusting in grace or faith or church attendance to save you, like the thousand-pound man who has no intent to do anything other than the nothing he is doing, trusting in medicine alone to keep him alive. Something just does not appear right in that picture. Work is what God does, and you are to desire to be like God. After all, you were made in the image and likeness of God. Hence, sloth becomes a deadly sin, a turn away from what God is like in favor of what you want to be like instead. Deeper still, sloth is the refusal to acknowledge reality and its responsibilities in favor of an artificially created life of artificial leisure. Notice, too, in this parable, who is gathered to work and of what sort they are. They are beggars, perhaps not clothed in rags, but those who do rely daily upon the employment of another. Each day's wage is only given by the goodwill of an employer, in this case, on this day, the master of the vineyard. 
It is also the master himself who goes out to find the workers to bring in. He does not send a steward or a manager or HR to do it for him. He does it himself. All day, while workers work in his vineyard, he works at finding more workers in need of work, even down to the last hour of the day. To all who receive him, he welcomes into his vineyard to be his workers. Of course, this is a picture of paradise, that is its intent. All who wish to enter into that vineyard of Eden are received by grace. They seek to enter because they have been sought, even to the end. The Lord, the Master, goes out into his creation to find those he might bring into his vineyard. He does this not based upon how the workers look, how well they work, or what story they tell, but purely out of divine fatherly goodness and mercy. The evidence of this, the master does not care about the work done in the vineyard. If he cared, why would he still be seeking out workers one hour before quitting time? It is not the work he cares about, but that his vineyard be filled with workers. It is the communio he cares about, the collective whole of gathered workers, all sharing time and space and receiving from him what he promises to give, whatever is right. He gives not whatever is fair, but whatever is right. This becomes a point of contention between the workers in the parable because it is a point of contention among the people of God. It is all good and well for you born and bred and baptized from birth Christians. You are in the vineyard working away diligently to receive the merited payment at the end of the day, your wage. But what of your enemy? What of your slanderer, your crooked politician, your child's abuser, your racist parents, your woke and confused children? What of the abortionist, the murderer, or even more simply, what of the pagan who breathes as his last breath a confession that all he rejected in life is truth and may the Lord have mercy. What of them? Is it your joy, even in this life, to see them repent and cling to the gospel? Will you welcome them as brothers and sisters in the kingdom of the heavens, the vineyard of Eden? If not, repent. The kingdom is not yours to give or to withhold as you see fit. You, like all the others, 
receive it by the grace of the Master alone. You do not realize that though you agreed upon a wage, even that is beyond what you deserve. The wages that you deserve are the same as the wages everyone else deserves, all the other workers. Not nothing, but in fact, death. Even what you receive, though it is unfairly the same as all others, is what is right, not what is fair. And that makes it all the more valuable. It is not based upon your efforts, not even based upon your work, but based purely on the love of God. Hatred is poison. If the brother who spoke harshly against you or the sister whose personality you simply cannot stand are stumbling blocks for you, you will find yourself standing in the marketplace until the cold, dark evening comes. You will not enter that vineyard. There can be no poison there. Put it all away. Pray for those you hate, for they too may be brought into this heavenly vineyard and receive a wage of grace unto life everlasting. In Christ and with the aid of a little heavenly wine, may your hearts be softened to desire what is good, not only for yourself, but for all, most especially for those whom you believe it would be the most unfair reward imaginable. Because it is. But grace is always unfair, and you yourself are a beneficiary of it. It is the master's vineyard, not yours, and it is the master's coin. He wishes to give to all, because he desires not that the sinner should die, but that he should repent and live. So do it. Get off your slothful behinds and get the spiritual anchors out of your spiritual pants. Repent. Receive the gospel. Let its love fill you and overflow out of you, that when the payments are distributed, you thank God for every undeserved penny given out into every undeserved hand. Amen. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in our Lord Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. For the one holy Catholic and apostolic Church throughout the world, that it may maintain a counterculture amidst the culture in the holy word of God and the unsullied teachings of the blessed apostles, let us pray to the Lord. That the Lord who sent out his apostles would continue to bless his apostolic office for the blessings of strength, endurance, perseverance, courage, and steadfastness to be given to all bishops, pastors, chaplains of the armed forces, and missionaries, both domestic and abroad. Let us pray to the Lord. For all Christian peoples, for strength of confession, resolve of will, 
rigidity of faith, and purity of life, for Christian households as sacred refuge, for all Christian marriages as icons of divine love, and for Christian youth, both young and old, that they would remain firmly grounded upon the rock of their faith's foundation and not be swept away by the current of the age, let us pray to the Lord. For the nations of the world, especially the United States of America, and for their people and for their rulers, especially Joseph, our president, for upstanding leaders of good character and wisdom, for peace and concord, for an end to violence, warfare, and strife, for the destruction of evil and evil intent, for the rule of love, for the preservation of justice, and for prosperity to abound among all nations, let us pray to the Lord. That the God to whom creation bows would grant unto the world deliverance from all error, relief from famine, protection from the dangers of this earth, and freedom to all in captivity, especially those who suffer for his most holy name, and that God would send his holy angels to guard us in every endeavor, let us pray to the Lord. For the Father's unfailing mercy upon those in anguish, those suffering with depression, those broken in heart and spirit, those struggling with addiction, those who fear, those who suffer, the unemployed, the destitute, and all the needy of this world, let us pray to the Lord. For the glory of the Christ's blessed epiphany to shine ever brighter and pierce the darkness of this age, for an opening of the eyes of faith to see God as he is revealed and ever sense his nearness, and for the return of the apostate and the conversion of the pagans, that all may be united in the love and light of Christ, let us pray to the Lord. For the healing of the great physician upon all the infirmities of man, granting an end to disease and health to the sick, especially do we offer prayer for David, Sherry, Shirley, Janice, Judy, Stephen, Carl, Janice, Michael, and Nina Sue. For peace to the dying, comfort to the bereaved, and everlasting peace to all servants and handmaidens who now rest in Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, even as you revealed your glory in days of old to your faithful people, do you continue this revelation in your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself as the great oblation for the sin of the world. May all hearts and minds be bowed to him alone, drawing near to behold this, your glory, as it is now revealed in flesh and blood offered eternally. May we both behold this beatific vision and participate in it, to the glory of your name and the salvation of our person. Be pleased, O God, that as we receive this gift, we sinners who trust in your mercies would receive fellowship with you, with the apostles and martyrs, and with all your holy saints, into whose company we beseech you to admit us on the last day, not weighing our merits, 
but pardoning our offenses. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 